is a city under siege. Jerusalem is under attack. Uh, the Babylonians, the armies of Nebuchadnezzar, are encamped around the walls of the city. They're at the gate. They're breathing down Israel's neck. Inside the city, families are hiding. Numerous have already been killed. Destruction seems inevitable because if what Assyria did to the northern kingdom was any indication about what's about to happen, what was left of Judah was going to be ransacked, raised to the ground, destroyed. Anything that was valuable was going to be taken, things and people included, and hauled back to Babylonia. God looks on all of this and he buries his head in his hands and he weeps. Oh, that my head were a spring of water and my eyes a fountain of tears so that I might weep day and night for the slain of my poor people. That is the voice of God. Beth Wise is one of our community members. She gave me permission to share part of a a blog post that she wrote recently that expresses some of this very same sadness about injustice and brokenness in the world. We live in a screwed up world that's terrible. Everything is a dumpster fire. It's a never-ending, relentless onslaught of crappy policies and horrific practices. Everywhere you look, there's carnage and mayhem and oppression. I'm really, really sad. I go to bed at night with the images of screaming, traumatized children seared into my consciousness. I wake up in the morning thinking about my formerly incarcerated friends who struggle and hustle to find dignity in a world that craps on them. I wash dishes and think about inequality in education and how that will affect my son and the children of my adult ESL students and my neighbors of color. I fold laundry and I think about sexism and rape and toxic masculinity and female objectification. Even in my personal life, there are days where I see nothing but bottles and feeding and diaper and therapies and doctor's appointments and teenage angst. And if you see me sitting quietly thinking about something, I can almost guarantee you that I'm thinking about some new injustice that just cropped up in my mind. And it is crushing. Oh, that my head were a spring of water, and my eyes a fountain of tears, so that I might weep day and night for the slain of my poor people. How do we arrive at this place? What happened to find Jerusalem in such a state? To find God in such a state, weeping, sobbing, lamenting? God weeps, not because Jerusalem and its people don't deserve the destruction that they're facing, but because they do. His heart is broken 
because they have forsaken justice. They have forsaken faithfulness to God. Oh, that my head were a spring of water and my eyes a fountain of tears. I would weep day and night for the slain of my people. Oh, that I had in the desert a lodging place for travelers so that I might leave my people and go away from them. For they are all adulterers, a crowd of unfaithful people. Recently I had a conversation with uh, a Christian leader well known in the evangelical world, uh, well known advocate for justice and racial reconciliation. And he said, you know, I have been in the institution for 30 years. Uh, I've, I've been a minister. I've been uh, a seminary professor. Uh, I've written books. I have spoken at any event, college, campus, university that you can imagine. I've been a part of very powerful nonprofits with lots of money doing amazing things all over the world. And honestly, I'm not sure how much of a difference I've actually made. I'm thinking about quitting. Oh, that I had in the desert a traveler's lodging place that I might just leave my people and go away from them. Israel had been unfaithful. Unfaithful to God, running after idols, unfaithful to its calling as God's people to be people of justice and mercy. Why has the land been ruined and laid waste like a desert that no one can cross? The Lord said, it's because they've forsaken my law which I set before them. They haven't obeyed me or followed my law. Instead, they followed the stubbornness of their hearts. They followed the Baals as their ancestors taught them. Israel had become full of lies and deceit. They were treacherous toward each other. Nobody could trust anybody else. They taught their tongues to lie. They weary themselves with sinning. You live in the midst of deception. In their deceit, they refuse to acknowledge me, declares the Lord. They neglected to care for the children who had no parents and couldn't care for themselves. They neglected to care for women who had lost their husbands, who had no way to provide for themselves. They mistreated the foreigner, the immigrant, and took advantage of them for their gain. They said nothing when innocent people were murdered for someone else's benefit. If you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly, if you don't oppress the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you don't follow other gods to your own harm, then I'll let you live in this place, in the land that I gave your ancestors forever and ever. But look, you are trusting in deceptive words that are worthless. And above all that, they have the gall to go to worship at the temple of the Lord and say, we're safe. We're the people of God. God must love us. God forgives us. And then go on doing all of these things. Will you steal and murder 
Commit adultery and perjury, burn incest to Baal, and follow other gods you haven't known. And then come and stand before me in this house, which bears my name, and say, we're safe. Safe to do all these detestable things? Has this house, which bears my name, become a den of robbers to you? In the last couple of weeks, it's come into public awareness that children are being separated from their parents at the U.S.-Mexico border as a deterrent to immigrants seeking entrance illegally into the United States. Almost 2,000 children, some reports say, in the last two months have been separated from their families. That's about 45 kids a day on average. They're being kept in detention facilities like the former Walmart in Brownsville, Texas. One Honduran man took his life after his child was taken from him. Attorney General Jeff Sessions, in a press conference, sought to use the Bible to justify the policy of family separation, saying, I would cite to you the Apostle Paul and his clear and wise command in Romans 13 to obey the laws of the government because God has ordained the government for His purposes. This very same passage was misused to endorse slavery and the atrocities committed against African American people not long ago in our very country. This very same passage was misused by the German National Church to endorse Hitler and the Nazi party and the atrocities that they committed against the Jewish people. Will you, Jeff Sessions, endorse these acts of cruelty toward immigrant families and then come and stand before me and say, we're safe. The Bible says so. Safe to do all of these detestable things? Has this house become a den of robbers? To you? Because of Israel's disobedience and injustice, God brings judgment. God is the ultimate cause of Israel's current suffering and siege. They're receiving the brunt of His righteous anger and judgment for their deceitful and murderous actions. Like a spouse who got cheated on, God is simultaneously angry and depressed with what has come of His people. Israel should be singing the funeral dirge because it's about to experience death and exile. Teach your daughters how to wail. Teach one another a lament Death has climbed in through our windows and has entered our fortresses. It has removed the children from the street and the young men from the public squares. Say, this is what the Lord declares, dead bodies will lie like dung on the open field, like cut grain behind the reaper with no one to gather them. In the midst of this dumpster fire, in the midst of the tears and the sobbing and the lament over the death of Israel, God issues a statement. A ray of truth and hope 
even a change of emotion. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. Israel's trifecta of self-sufficiency, wise, strong, rich, is countered by God's trifecta of character, kindness, justice, and righteousness. Kindness, or steadfast love, is the Hebrew word chesed. This is God's faithfulness to His covenant. This is God's willingness to stick it out, even across disobedience, never to give up, never to to let go of His faithful people, even in the face of terrible destruction and punishment. Even this terrible punishment is motivated by God's steadfast love. And even this terrible punishment does not have the last word on the steadfast love of God. Justice and righteousness the Hebrew words tzedakah and mishpat. These words form a hindiatus. That's a literary term that means two words, one meaning. And this hindiatus, this combo of justice and righteousness occurs more than a hundred times in Scripture. Like we would say, oh, it's nice and warm. Or it's good and loud. Or I'm sick and tired. Justice and righteousness together Bring something to the table that make a full expression. Righteousness means to treat people fairly, to deliver them from problematic circumstances, to guide them in difficult times, deliver them from the mire. Justice is a legal metaphor that speaks of the fundamental fairness and uprightness of character. It also refers to judgment. But together... They speak of regarding people with fairness and equity and doing so in a way that builds and enhances relationships, not merely a cold legal justice. Justice and righteousness. God says, I exercise kindness, justice, and righteousness. The NRSV says, I act. With steadfast love, justice, and righteousness. Walter Brueggemann says, God is a lively agent and a real character in the story that we find ourselves in. He initiates endings and new beginnings. So when we grow weary, when we're sad, when we're depressed about injustice in the world, when we are tempted to think we are alone in the cause of justice, take heart. God Acts. God acts with love and justice and righteousness. God is the primary mover and shaker. He is the only one who can set the world right and He currently is. He is working against every ruler who seeks to oppress and traumatize and take advantage of the vulnerable and the powerless in our world. God says, don't boast 
in your wisdom, your so-called wisdom, your strength, your riches. Boast in knowing me. Which means, act in the way that I act. Previously, Israel had refused to know God. Now God's calling them not to refuse. Know me. Know me means do what I do. Be people of steadfast love toward me. Faithful and not idolatrous. People of justice and righteousness. To do right by the vulnerable and marginalized. In these things, kindness, justice, righteousness, in these things, I delight. Whereas Israel's unfaithfulness and injustice causes God to weep, to sob, steadfast love and justice and righteousness causes God to delight. It gives God great joy. When Beth advocates for kids in her neighborhood school, when she invests in immigrants, when she advocate, advocates for policy that, that counters mass incarceration, God delights. When Junius spend time, spends time among refugees and vicary, helps them to learn English, befriends them, supports them, God delights. When our missional communities walk with friends in need to help them find jobs, to work through bad habits and hang-ups, when they hang on, even in the messiness of it all, God delights. When advocates of community transformation partner with neighbors in Dallas to reduce crime and create safer neighborhoods, God delights. When we sacrifice our financial resources so that our vulnerable neighbors can have a warm place to stay, a new pair of dentures or legal representation, God delights. When innocent immigrant children are reunited with their parents, God delights. Hear the good news, church. God weeps with those who weep. God deeply feels and is affected by the brokenness and injustice in our world. He is not absent. absent. And, in, and God in Christ is at work in this world by His Holy Spirit. He is acting with steadfast love, with justice, and with righteousness. For these things bring Him great delight. And we get to be a part of that work in this world. And all who agree, say Amen.